to another edition of the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This Your is music our, is so epic. Isn't it, though? It is. It's very <laughs> masterpiece theater. This is uh, Jim Davidistax, joined by Matt Fowler. I watch a lot of television. That's right. He is IGN TV's uh, rock on tour and man about town, Matt Fowler. This is a very special podcast because it's just you and me. It's, uh, it's awesome. true. This is a pairing that you've never, we've never had before. And actually... Um, a yeah, well it's like one of those TV shows where it's an ensemble cast, and like all yeah. of a sudden, two characters have never had an episode together. They it's like get we one. got stranded on the island together. We yeah, have to yeah. find. Remember what was it? The uh, Star Trek episode where Spock got like on the uh, on the shuttle craft, and he had to like. I actually no, there's too many characters there. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be something. Maybe maybe like a, a, a holodeck episode or something. You know, where uh, uh, Picard and. Data, we're well, off. none of this feels real, if that counts. <laughs> we could be in the holodeck right that, now. That is a pretty much and a, a regular thing. There is a good thing. chance that the MySpace building does have a holodeck. <laughs> They've spent money on everything else. They've Why not? spent a lot of time ignoring reality. I think, <laughs> I think it's time they just escape into there <laughs> at this point. <laughs> they choose it's, to it's live in the dream It's a sad affair. World. We went exploring the other day, and there's, there's parts of this building that look like a zombie apocalypse hit. Like Phil and I were there. <laughs> like and, the beginning of well, Walking Dead where the, he's in the hospital? Yeah, yeah. No, the, there are meeting rooms that looks like there was just a meeting going on and there everyone had to get the fuck out. bodies that could have been lying. Yeah, there's like, the there's like a, a bowl of applesauce and it's like someone was just eating it. <laughs> it's sad. It's oh, really that's good. awful. Yeah, like you, you should go, you only go down to those floors if you have a shotgun. <laughs> uh, we were told that uh, by one of the pers- people that works on the other floors that because Phil knows people outside of IGN, we're all IGN you and stars I, we're all, Phil just, Perello, yes. we're all just bottled up. But like, yeah, he, Phil, he always Phil, has these Phil people networks. swing by his desk, he, and like, like all who these the hell random are these guys? My, MySpacers are like he's buddies with. Anyway, one of them said that if you go down to the abandoned floors at certain moments, there are people having sex in those uh, those offices. No way, squatter sex. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, weren't. Oh, I'm just man. saying we need to take a trip down there at random Hell times yeah. at least In once fact, a day. In fact, I might just stop this podcast right now <laughs> and go check it out. Anyways, it's it's Oscar week, and we're going to make this short and sweet because it's it's Friday afternoon, and frankly, we all want to kind of get home at this point. But uh, it's been a kind of a crazy week, even though uh, you know I was looking over the news. It wasn't a lot of big news this week. It just seems like it's been maybe it's just because we here at IGN have had a lot going on, and then we were off Monday too because of President's yeah, yeah. Day. But anyways. Uh, this is, I just want to go over last week's box office real quick. No real surprises. Unknown opened at number one, 25.5. I think I was the only person that was really thinking that Big Mama's House 3 would open number one, and I was so glad that America proved me wrong. Look, you probably have never been happier to have been wrong in your I life. Know, <laughs> I was so happy. I'm like, thank you, America. What did, let's skip to Big Mama's. What did that one up doing? That ended up uh, opening in fifth place. Oh. 16 points. Can't even read my own writing. Good, that's good. either sixteen point four or sixteen point seven. I would consider that a road to recovery. Yeah, not a full cure, but you know, it's a you good know, sign. It's a good, yeah. You know, they're they're fighting like Charlie Sheen. They're to, battling their addiction I in know, their own way. That's winning. Now, <laughs> I would say that that uh, people might have big mama fatigue. I'm just saying. I think, it, and also, I mean, the last the last one was like several years ago. It's kind of it's a little late, you know. It's not like it doesn't quite have the Wall Street Two thing going for it, where it's like nostalgia factor. I, I, I'm I'm amused to think that like a property like Big Mama is something that you need to actually leap at, lest people forget. <laughs> like, lest we need forget, to, that needs to come out next year or the year after, or else people are going to forget. It's that just completely. out of the public imagination <laughs> at that point. Um, Nomeo and Juliet actually, I th- believe it went up a spot, but it held. In really strong number two at uh, like twenty five point four million. It was only like uh, d- d- you know a, a dick hair behind of unknown. <laughs> yeah, but it also dropped. It made like thirty the week before, so it yeah, held on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a fun kids movie. And then I am number four. Damn it! It opened at number three. It's robbed everybody of that pun. You know, yeah. <laughs> 22.8 million, and then just go with it, fourth place, 21.6. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the usual... What uh, happened the, to Biebs? He's number six. Number six, and you 16. And what, the, they're, what they're doing this week. Is oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, he dropped down... Um, Oh, damn, did I write the wrong... I may have... Guys, I may have written this down wrong. Uh, uh, I think did, I had the wrong number for, for Big Mama. Did make the 16? Uh yeah he he's at sixth place okay. I'm sorry uh Big Mama was uh number five but I didn't write down the number for uh, it. I okay, read the okay. wrong line uh so sorry folks but it's around the same area like yeah it. yeah it's it's under it's under twenty one but, but they're releasing 16. two weeks after it was officially released they are releasing now the director's cut you know to get it, with why 40 wait new, till DVD with forty 
extra minutes put into the film. I think they took out some Didn't footage. Didn't the fans recut this or something, right? This or is the director's here? cut, but it includes footage shot two weeks ago. It's amazing. Of Bieber appearing at the premiere of his own movie. That's so meta. It's so <laughs> weird. You know, it's like, I can't, ugh. it's just so strange. I, I know, it. it makes you feel unsettled. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you sort of feel uncomfortable in your own skin. And You're you don't like, know they're, why. they're yeah. just playing me. For, I, I just, it's, uh, it's really strange. Because uh, it's, it's how so gonna, exploitive. It is, you know what but I mean? it's also, like, it's like Bieber is, at this point, I think Bieber is like, what was that movie, Simone, where he was just like a creation, like a computer program? Yeah, with Pacino. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's something like that. But uh, let, uh, let's just rattle off a couple of uh, news items, including, you know, the biggest news this week turned out to be a non-news item. It was Dead Island, the video game. We all, we, we, I think we were talking in the last podcast about the trailer. We all loved it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a huge viral sensation, too. So you guys all know what we're talking about. Um, well, two very reputable outlets over the weekend, Deadline and Variety, both reported that, you know, the movie rights had been secured. Well, as it turns out, the game publisher, IGN being a video game site, contacted us and told us, no, that's not true. They released this press statement that nobody had acquired the rights. So, you know, these two very reputable outlets got the story wrong. Um, and, you know, so it's, it, but it's got everybody, you know, talking about it and, and the game publisher saying, oh, you know, we're exploring our film options. We'd like to try and get a, a director on board first, yada, yada, yada. So let's just say, a dead Dead Island movie will happen at some point, but you know, especially since you cover Walking Dead and you're kind of a horror fan too, you know enough of, you know. And I've seen a shitload of zombie movies. We all have. What could a Dead Island movie, besides being tied to a a game that hasn't even come out yet, so we don't even know if the game's going to be a success? You know, and the trailer might have nothing to do with the game. The trailer know? most likely has nothing to do with the game because yeah. the family's doomed. It's just sort of like. Setting up for the fact that this is a zombie outbreak on an island resort island. Like, yeah. that's kind of what you know from. Didn't the Broken Lizard guys kind of do that? Was well, that Club, Club, Club Dread. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, um, what was that? That was a serial zombie. killer. Serial and it killer. was uh, uh, a. Okay. Bill Paxton played a. Um, like a Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, Buffett type yeah. Margaritaville one hit wonder who <laughs> had opened a lot, and this was his new resort. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember. It was something Pete. Maybe some pineapple yeah, Pete. I can't yeah, remember. Something but, like that. Yeah, he had some but, uh, catchy. That was a serial, that was a slasher fic, uh, flick like uh, parody. But, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, what I've done is since no one has the rights yet is I've started a Kickstarter page to raise uh, raise money uh, for you and I to buy the rights, Jim. <laughs> we'll we'll do the Dead Island movie. It's out of that or Terminator. Oh, the thing is, is that also uh, Walking Dead is actually you know exploring their video game options right now yeah. and coming out with a video game. And people are like, oh, well, there's so many zombie video games. You know, they, yeah. there's so many. Uh, and I think people, I don't know that we're going to get tired of it because I think one of the things that have kept the zombie movie genre alive is different settings. Yeah. Because the thing about zombies that's interesting is like, you, all you need to do, and they try to do this with Jason, like Manhattan and space <laughs> and stuff like that. Jason's essentially a zombie, right? Yeah. So. It's putting he's, him he's in, not renowned for his wit. As soon as they did uh, put zombies in a shopping mall, they're like, oh, shit, we can put them in a fucking island. <laughs> we can put them in a... You know what I mean? Like, it's basically zombies here. It's like what Die Hard started as. Die Hard yeah, in a whatever. Exactly. And all those clone movies. So yeah, it's like... It's great, yeah, it's great enough. Dead Island brings the appeal of... You know, we haven't seen it. Survivor. Really. The, basically well, Survivor, a tropical island paradise overrun yeah. with zombies. Um and so for that's, zombies a, on a plane. that's something new. And they're trapped in their own, their own way. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they're on an island, we don't know how big it is. It might be a, sort of a small deal. Have they done a zombie cruise ship thing yet? That'd be almost a takeoff. Zombie cruise ship would be cool, too. But that'd almost be like a takeoff on... You you remember the the novel Dracula? Dracula, that's my Boston coming out there. (laughs) Dracula. It's like, (laughs) we're going in a river. (laughs) It was made in China. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, like the opening uh, of, of Dracula was like basically the... The ship comes in a, into port, and it's been, you know, basically um, Dracula, I guess, broke out of his coffin and killed everyone on the ship. But it was like, and, and then... Um, they, yeah, they were transporting. And then yeah. Guillermo del Toro's uh, book series, it opens with the plane landing and everyone. But basically the idea of kind of like, um, you know, the death ship mm-hmm. kind of thing. I mean, it'd be kind of fun to do, like... Uh, yeah, because you're yeah you know look we don't know the story of Dead Island yet so we don't know is there a secret lab on this island or something yeah. or did a death ship sail in yeah you know what I mean was this the last island on Earth that 
was not zombie infected. You know, yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of possibilities. It could be, yeah, was it like a Jurassic Park type thing where something One got of the things the about zombies or? is that they, aside from walking slow or running fast, they don't change that much. Yeah. Vampires, they change the rules depending on the movie. Yeah. Some, like, they'll throw holy water on them and they'll, like, and they, the vampire will probably even say, if it's a bad movie, you've watched too many vampire movies or yeah. something like that because yeah. it won't work. So I they think Fright Night started that usually, whole Usually Usually what it thing. is is there's some sort of walk and talk with a vampire expert who says something like, <laughs> forget all you've seen in vampire movies. Forget all you know about vampires. And then yeah. he'll tell you the rules for that movie. Exactly. Zombies, though, stay kind of the same. Yeah. It's the settings that change. The big deal was when they started running. That was the What's big change. the difference between a zombie and a mummy? Just one's Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same idea. The, the dead have risen. I'll say this, though. The, with the mummy sort of legend comes... Uh, more of a supernatural element yeah. of the curse. Right. So there's right. like plagues and curse and things that can happen and bad luck and you're being punished. You're kind being of by punished the gods because way, you yeah. entered a certain area. Uh, zombies can either be supernatural and unexplained, or they're tied to science. Right. So right. The, uh, that's probably the big difference. It seems kind of too like I mean it, it's it's interesting how the uh, the idea of the you know the risen dead has has you know I mean Frankenstein is ba- I mean it, it's Yes, that was mad science bringing him back, but I mean, in a way, he's kind of a zombie. He's I mean, a zombie, yeah. You know, um, it, it's it's just it's funny how uh, maybe people maybe there's just a lot of like religious doubt out there now or something, but to help explain why people are so fascinated. Well, with zombies, I mean, I think it feeds because into if, the... if people are afraid that there's no afterlife, then you know this is as close as you're gonna get. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, is killing a zombie essentially for? Uh, well and done and gone forever, is that actually putting someone out of their misery? Yeah. Is that them in the body? Are you actually sending them to heaven or to a better place? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the zombies came along at a great time because of our apocalypse fervor right now. Mm -hmm. Like, ever since the millennium hit... Do you think come January 2013, the zombie fever will have broken? I don't know. Well, we'll see where the end of the world movies are at once we get past 2012. But... uh, this whole decade, uh, since the millennium, like we've been obsessed with the ending of our own of humanity on Earth and how it's going to happen, whether it's media or. But you know, as, that, you all know, that or, stuff happened also in like you know in year one, and I don't mean like the Batman thing, but like around the time of of Christ, there was a lot of that apocalyptic fervor, and people thought, you know, every every century, somebody has thought it was going to end in their lifetime. You have so to there's take nothing the, really new like, about that. That's true. You have to you have to see, but you have to take it at like. The fact, like, at scales of knowledge. Right. Like, back then, or so long ago, depending on what primitive people you're talking about, you know, they never knew, they didn't know if the sun would come up the next day. Or True. If, like, if they, were, they saw the aurora borealis, well, I, they wouldn't know what the hell was going on. If, they thought the world was you, ending. If you grew up in Portland, Oregon, or Seattle, you wouldn't know if the sun was coming up that's the next true, day. That's either. true, that's you true. You'd wonder why this, the, the sky stopped, like, making you wet. Why is it always gray and wet? But, but the uh, fact that we know so much now, yeah, you know, like... And we're still obsessed with the end of the world. Like, <laughs> well, there's a lot of superstition out there too. But you know, I think uh, back to Dead Island itself, though. I think you know it, it could make an interesting movie, depending on again, like what the gimmick of the island is. It like a fantasy island thing where it's like, oh, okay, we're all going away, but you're really there to kind of be toyed with in a way. You know, who knows? I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's like it's, the game. Kind yeah, of, kind yeah. of yeah, like that. Yeah, the most dangerous game, all that stuff. What was the Rutger Hauer ice ice uh, surviving the tea? game, surviving the game? Yeah, but um, the the real like an actual kind of news thing this week was that Kevin Costner might be in the new Superman movie that Zack Snyder's doing, and uh, the word is that he's going to play Jonathan Kent, Roy Tinkup McAvoy. That's right. You know, I mean, there's the crossover. <laughs> We've been waiting for the Ten Cup Superman crossover. What, what do you think about that? I, I think he's you know a good what? choice. I've, I've Look, JFK is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. As as much as people want to like piss on it for being revisionist and whatnot, like I'm a total conspiracist anyway. But yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I just think it's a well made movie for like something that's so sensational. And yeah, and you know, you can people can harp on his acting just because you know he's fairly mild mannered even when he's being intense. But I've seen him do some good stuff. So I've I've always liked Costner. You know, I've yeah. never had anything. I mean, the Gary like, Cooper comparisons are apt. I mean, Cooper was the same way. He was always and look, I love you know. And just like, as long as Kevin open Costner doesn't do a Boston accent, it's okay. Yeah, like Open Range, I really liked, which yeah. is probably the most recent. 
you know, he doesn't done. I liked him in Wyatt Earp. I didn't think the movie was very good, but you know, it was an awful. I love the day for night shots. Like the movie's beautiful. Dennis Quaid as Doc Holliday was fantastic. I mean, it was it had the the misfortune of opening after Tombstone, but I thought it was a decent movie that tried to do too much. It probably should have been like a nowadays they would have just done it for HBO and would have made an interesting miniseries. He's a warm actor, you know what I mean? So like, it makes sense if he would play. Yeah, I mean, it basically think of think of uh, his character from Field of Dreams, but now he's an old man, right? Yeah, you know? and I mean, I think he'd be, I, and he's he just he's all American, you know, and and yeah, I think he's I think he's and an he wants interesting to see pick. the frontier before it goes away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, I think he's um, I think Costner gets a bad rap. Uh, he's somewhere along the line turned into his generation's <laughs> Burt Reynolds, the guy who was a huge star and then kind of. Became like a punchline to people. I think he did better movies than Burt Reynolds over, oh, God, over yeah. the span of his career, though. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah. I think that... Um, Burt Reynolds has nothing close to... I mean, Deliverance is probably the only legitimately really good the movie. Only, the only um, time... Oh, that, Boogie Nights, too. Yeah, the only time Costner has gotten like in trouble like as far as acting is just like when he tries to be a cat or a shithead or like the 3,000 Miles to Vegas or like... Whenever he tries to do like a, an accent. The, or too. a villain, you know? Well, like, like, you know, I liked A Perfect World, but that, I remember when that came out, man, yeah, that, they perfect. had the knives out for that because it was, again, it was Oscar backlash against Clint and against Costner because it was only a few years after they had each won their, won their right, Oscars. Right. So I, I, I remember just like the... Costner's playing a villain, Backlash, and then, of course, Waterworld, he pretty much slit his own throat with. The thing about Costner is that he will always go down in history as the guy who starred in two of the most high-profiled, post-apocalyptic world disaster, like, box office bombs. Postman. With Postman and... and yeah. Uh, with Waterworld. Uh, Postman, I didn't mind so much. Waterworld, though, I could yeah. not get on board I, I haven't with. seen Postman in its entirety. I, I feel compelled it, to. It has a ton of, like, cringe... Slash laugh worthy lines. Is it you know, mostly from it? Will Patton? Uh, some from Olivia Williams. Some from yeah. Wow. Every, everybody has their turn at saying something really <laughs> ridiculous in that movie. Is it Lawrence Tate in that too? He is. He is. Yeah, He's yeah. one of the uh, junior postmen. <laughs> well, uh, you know. Okay, so we're on the same page about Costner being podcast. I think it's not a bad idea. I'm still curious to see like who the villain would be, and and just because of the rights issues, like how much can they? Uh, can they shoehorn in and, and not make the story break? There were all those rumblings we talked about before of, uh, on the other podcast about you know script problems and stuff like that. I mean, it makes you wonder, are they putting things in there just because they have to hold on to the rights? I'm telling you, know? you this. Will it be just one giant clip Think episode. of the first Superman movie, which is a great movie with a... If we choose, so much of us, we also turn away at that ending of him flying around the earth ten times. Yeah. Like, that is a ridiculous ending. You know yeah. what I mean? Talk That's about a third, total cheat. Talk about third act script problems. Yeah. There it is. You know, yeah, yeah. so they, they, they could never it's do that now. literally do some They could never do that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, they could only do that back when the superhero genre was non-existent. You know, And there in was movies. no internet to, to for all the fanboys to bitch about That's that. That's true. Yeah. They had to uh, wait, like, two generations, <laughs> you know. <laughs> most of the cast to have died off before they could bring that up. Yeah. Oh God. Well, um, let's, uh, let's see. The, you know, the born, uh, born legacy, the born legacy. That's the name of the fourth movie. Uh, there's like over a dozen actors. Now, that are what's the role? What is the role? It's not going to be Jason Bourne. Right. Uh, it's going to be another asset like Bourne, who somehow I think it's tied to. Uh, all the things that Bourne had uncovered. So there's going to be another another asset who's so basically be, on his so own. So David Strathairn's going to be all like, he's gone Bourne on us. <laughs> you know, like he's been born. He, well, again. like you know, we've got another rogue agent. Blah, yeah. Blah. Well, he got he got locked up at the end of the last one. Remember? Treadst- okay. Treadstone. Okay. Treadstone. It was Treadstone, him and Scott was, Glenn. Yeah. And then, and then they killed off Brian Cox in the second one. He committed suicide. Not Scott Glenn, right? It was. Oh yeah, Scott. Glenn, yeah, Scott Glenn was, was like the uh, secretary of. And the, then uh, he was the CIA boss. Um, what's her name? Joan was, Allen. Yeah, that's it. I yeah. say who plays the wife all the time? Because they killed a- Joan Allen. <laughs> that's true. She does. Um, yeah, because they killed off Chris Cooper in the first one, and then uh, Brian, and then Brian Cox, Cox in the, yeah, in the yeah. second or third one. Yeah, second one. But Joan Allen got to live on because yeah. she wound up helping. Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, it just uh, there's a bunch of guys, and I'll, I'll rattle off some of their names. Garrett Hedlund from Tron to uh, Tobey Maguire, who is... 
he's the son-in-law of the guy who runs Universal, so mm. he's probably got a good chance at the job. You seen the wife? Uh, Jay- he's paid his dues. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal, Joel Edgerton, who was uh, Uncle Owen in the in Revenge of the Sith, uh, Kellen Lutz, a horrible name, poor guy from Twilight. Um, People Os- can change their name. It's a it's showbiz. <laughs> Oscar Isaac, who was uh, the bad guy in Robin Hood. Paul Dano, which is a really odd choice. The guy from yeah, There yeah, Will yeah. Be Blood. He's going to be in Cowboys and Aliens. Uh, Josh Hartnett, he's still alive and apparently in the running for this role. I was just watching Hollywood Homicide three nights ago. <laughs> Michael Pitt from Boardwalk Empire, who I think would be really good. Michael, P- yeah, yeah, he's, he's the just, main. He's he, Jimmy he Darmody his, in that. If he just cuts his arcade fire hair, he's set. <laughs> <laughs> Alex uh, Pettifer from I Am Number Four and, uh, and mm. all the other franchise non-starters. Uh, Michael Fassbender seems like a really odd choice considering he's the he's old. oldest guy in there. He's like, it's like a grandpa. <laughs> he's almost forty. He's a centurion. He's so old. <laughs> he is. Uh, Taylor Kitsch uh, Gambit from X Men uh, no. Wolverine. No. Uh, Luke Evans from Clash of the Titans, and he was in Tamara Drew. Or Tamara Drew, I guess. Or is how Gemma Artinson's ass, as That's I like right. to call that movie. Yes. Uh, Benjamin Walker, who's a stage actor, just got cast as Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And then, yeah, there's this many guys. Then there's... Um, wait, no, I think we covered everybody. I said Jake Gyllenhaal. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm probably... Snake throw them all. <laughs> I'd like to see Tobey Maguire kick some ass. Like I don't side, know. I could but do he it. could use the big paycheck could, role again. Look, he can get into shape, and he could be all like... Grumpy and stuff like he wasn't Sea Biscuit, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can I'd he like be a see, jockey? Can I'd he be like a, a jockey see, who? As far as the high-profile guys whose name people p- names people recognize, I'd go with Toby. But if not, go with one of those other people that people I'd say. I'd say either Garrett Hedlund or Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I, I could love him. Michael Pitt. Though, I think would Hedlund be needs to make up more for Country Strong than Tron, though. Like as far as <laughs> I haven't seen Country Strong, but um, uh, let's uh, let's uh, just. <laughs> Let's move on to some other uh, kind of uh, just curious news this week. They're remaking the Bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell? But now it's going to be, you know, millennial re- uh, relevant. So I both roles will probably be younger. So it's oh, going to yeah. be a pop diva sensation, probably late teens, early 20s. Yeah, pro- It'll be mid-20s. You know what I mean? Probably the Yet we'll still have been a war like vet. Rihanna He'll still or... have been a war vet, but yeah. he'll be in his mid-20s. Oh, you know this is going to be like Channing Tatum or Garrett Hedlund, one of those type guys. Channing Tatum has spent more time in uniform than any modern U.S. president. Yeah, and then <laughs> you know? and uh, apparently it's also going to invo- incorporate the world of social networking and how it makes Bodyguarding. So she's going to have high, a cyber stalker. And, well, yeah, like the fact that Twitter and Foursquare and like uh, Facebook have <clears> made <throat> it easier for stalkers to f- find out where certain celebrities are at certain yeah. times, which is true. Well, there are a number of younger. I'm surprised it actually hasn't become an issue. Not that I want to see it addressed in this movie. But... Yeah, but you know, I, I'm I'm uh, there are a number of younger actor uh, actress singers who could probably do the role, like Mandy Moore. You know, she could do it. There's Christina Aguilera. They have to find. She's a taller, tally one. She she's, is tall. She's uh, Amazonian. I saw her at the Tangle Junket. She's like six foot nine, and, and she's three quarters worth, of an inch. Worth every inch of it. And uh, <laughs> she still wants candy. What's that song? She, she, she had that song, Candy. I'm missing <laughs> you like candy. I just hope that it's not going to turn into something where it's like they get Willow Smith and it's like a daddy little kid. They bodyguard. could bring the Rock back and have a Southland Tales reunion with there her husband go. and wife in that movie. Yeah, they they need the Rock. Get the Rock and uh, get the Rock and Willow Smith. It'll be like the game plan. <laughs> It'll be the game plan. Yeah, yeah. But with but with uh, and then like and then at the end he actually bodyguard. finds out it is his daughter. Exactly. Yeah. Remember that time that you knocked up that singer in the back? Oh my God! It's my kid. Uh, well, she whipped her hair back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> the singer, the, when, the, you know. not the child. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, if we ran Hollywood, it'd at least be a little more amusing. I think <clears throat> um, it the, would fail in two weeks. But <laughs> exactly. Well, the rain Hollywood's going. We'll see. <clears throat> um, excuse me. Yeah, we're both like fighting off coughs here. Um, DJ Caruso tweeted, revealed. It's actually that, my MC name. DJ Caruso. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, actually. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he's he's uh, he he's going to direct preacher. Pre- preacher. Yeah. That, now that thing's been around. Uh, I think everyone's had a crack at that. Remember, uh, it was going to be HBO for a while. Was going to do it, and then Sam Mendes was like, going to do it. And uh, HBO, the chick from who did uh, Tank Girl, was going to direct it for the longest time with James Morrison. Yeah, uh, you know, um, so many things like HBO has become such a powerful entity in Hollywood that it's like. Anything that's adaptable, that's like their dream is to be on HBO. Yeah. Not even a movie. Yeah. HBO. Like that yeah. is where, because that's where like visions can be left intact. Do you think AMC part. will take that, that now, especially with Walking Dead? And... I don't know, but uh, no, no. I mean, just, uh, just from content alone, like as yeah. far as like. You want to be able to swear. You want to be able ass. to fuck. You want to be able to swear. <laughs> you know, and if we're talking preacher. That's what. Imagine Boardwalk gore. Empire on AMC. We would never get what's her face's uh, Paz. What? Who is it? The the chick who's always showing her bush and is drunk in every episode. Well, her na- name is Paz Bushy Drunk, <laughs> officially. But yeah, no, exactly. We wouldn't get that. We would get some mature content. Look, and you that's know, why we watch Breaking Boardwalk Bad. Empire. Is Breaking Bad is a very like dark show, and it goes really dark places and is mature content. Uh, but it's still not HBO level of what they yeah. can do, and. <clears throat> preacher, and and then w- even with a property like Preacher, you start thinking, you actually start, and this is, no one ever asks this in Hollywood. It's just not thought of. But you, ha- some of us ask ourselves, should it even be adapted? Like, yeah. Can this property successfully be taken from yeah. this How storytelling medium to this storytelling medium? Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't work at all. Yeah, like just because it works in this. Because it's a you well, know that's a question I mean a lot of people were asking about completely. Watchmen too you know yeah all right well so moving on from that uh, you know before we get into our Oscar uh, chit chat here I just want to rattle off a couple of news items Joel McHale's joining the cast of Ted now that's uh, Seth MacFarlane's doing his big screen directing debut it's a comedy it's got Mark Wahlberg Mila Kunis Giovanni Ribisi and now Joel McHale from Community. Um, and it's a story about a guy who has been plagued his entire life by his teddy bear that his childhood wish was that it would come alive. Well, now it has, and he spent his entire life with him, and he's living with him, and he's like this, this slacker teddy bear, and he just can't. I, uh, that's, that's just one Scientologist, then, <laughs> in the cast. That's, not a, that's pretty good. Now, uh, uh, Dish Network, which is what I have instead of DirecTV, was kind enough to give me... Uh, uh, Stars Channel free with oh, all wow. their affiliates for a whole year. Okay. So now I can watch Gooby <laughs> the way I've always wanted to see it on HD, uh, which is that other really strange, horribly low budgeted teddy bear come to life movie with the voice of Robbie Coltrane. Oh my God. And Eugene Levy's in it and whoever. What's the. I can't remember. David James Elliott. Whoever's on Jag. Yeah, David James Elliott. Uh, but yeah, so that movie Holy was. Holy crap. On. No, I didn't even it know is this movie existed. An abomination. Gooby. Guess- I, I'm, it was, I'm it's going only a right couple to years YouTube. Old. Only a couple years old. Netflix, that's It was shit. made for like six million bucks. It's wow, awful. that's about five and a half awful, million too awfully much. Awfully good, I should say. <laughs> well, um, uh, Idris Elba, he's going to be Stringer in... Stringer Bell. That's right, from The Wire. He's going to be... Um, He's going to be in Prometheus, that Ridley Scott uh, movie that... Oh, the space movie. Yeah, it's it, it's not Alien prequel. It's not that. they It started off as that, but now they've pretty much cut all ties to Alien... Although I there's talk that the xenomorph is going to be popping up in there in some capacity, but uh, it's going to be uh, him and Numi uh, Rapace or Rapace or however she says her name, the girl with the dragon. I tattoo. love both of those versions. So yes. whatever you want to go with, <laughs> Charlize Theron, Michael Fassbender, the aforementioned Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Um, that's just, no, that's no his word actual. Word. That's actually his nickname, the aforementioned. <laughs> the aforementioned. <laughs> um, no, no uh, word on who Idris Elba is playing in the movie. Um, I guess Bell. That's right. You know, he's he... playing his character from The Losers, <laughs> or from The Office, or from Obsessed, uh, or Charlie Cotzo from uh, uh, episode one of uh, Number One <laughs> Ladies Detective Agency. <laughs> <laughs> How is that, Joe? I never saw it. Look, it's six episodes, and they're not going to make any more, unfortunately. Didn't Mangella make the first one, right? Yeah, and yeah, he, and he, he died, produced right? the whole series. But, like, uh, it's a it's it's really good. It's fun. No. It's a good series. Okay, last news item before we hop into the Oscars. Star Blazers, one of my favorite cartoons growing up. It's it's It started off Japanese anime, Space Battleship Yamato. They turned it into a live-action film that opened in Japan just in December. It's been a big hit overseas. No word in American release date. 
But now it might. I don't know if it'll get one because Skydance Productions, the company behind Mission Impossible 4 and True Grit, uh, it's Larry Ellison from Oracle, his son David, uh, is the producer over there. So they're billionaires, and he is making Star Blazers uh, into an American feature film, live action, and he got Christopher McQuarrie, usual suspects, Oscar winner, to script it. So I'm very excited about that, but I still want to see that Japanese version of it. It looks so cool. It really does. Because you know uh, that movie's going to be, uh, you know, even for like a, star, a Starship Battle movie, that the Japanese version is probably ten times more insane than our oh, original yeah. will be, you know? know. And and they got Steven Tyler to do a song for it. shabba dooba wow wow <laughs> Yes, the pre-American Idol Steven, Steven Tyler. All right, so let's get to the, the, the meat of this podcast is going to be um, the Oscar nominations. Oscars are being held this Sunday. Uh, let me just rattle off the Best Picture nominees. Uh, we won't go through you know everything here, but the uh, what makes this one different is this year there's ten nominees. Okay? Well, it's not different than last year though. Well, right, yeah, last year was ten nominees as well. So uh, it's still it's still it's still, it's diff- still ten of them. It's still different, but it's not new. That's so. right. That's right. Um, so Best Picture nominees include Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception. The Kids Are All Right, The King's Speech, 127 Hours, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. Um, I think everyone is pretty much in agreement that King's Speech, even though Social Network seemed like it was unbeatable, and the, the tide seems to have turned. It's that weird, always the case thing where there's that early front runner that gets pushed aside. It's like aside. an election. Yeah. yeah, that gets pushed aside eventually. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, so it's, like early numbers don't mean anything. It's like, remember, uh, what was it that George Bush Sr. used to call it, the Big Mo? Like, there comes a point in an election cycle where it's like, nah, that guy's got the Big Mo now. And I think I think the Big Mo is with King's Speech. Um, yeah. And it's a, and it's it's definitely an Oscar-type movie, and it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Look, Oscar-type movie doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad movie that you won't enjoy. You know? Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, now, I the, mean, I can think of instances where, for me, that was the case, yes, but this is a good movie, so... Yeah. And Colin Firth, um, he like is the he'll be the guy at the Oscars who is dressed like most like the guy he played in the movie. <laughs> as far as anyone else, like you could say that about any award ceremony he attends. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's usually pretty much dressed like who he played in the movie he was nominated for. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone's good in that movie. It's got great look. It's got great actors. Do, do you think uh, that Jeffrey Rush could actually win Best Supporting Actor over Christian Bale, who's won like every other, pretty much I, every other award? I but think that. Do you think I, there could I be a sweep like there? After the big blow up on the set of Salvation, I feel like people because he was immediately apologetic. He within two days. It only took one day to do the remix, the, the, the dance <laughs> remix of that. But within two days, he had called up here in Los Angeles, the Kevin and Bean show, just called them up out of the blue because they were talking about it, like yeah. much like they were probably talking about, they were this morning talking about Charlie Sheen. And he just went, I was totally out of line. You're perfectly in the right to make fun of me. I was an ass, you know. Yeah. And I do feel like it is more of a redemption for him because people want to like him. Yeah, because everybody everybody agrees that he's a very talented actor. Yeah, but also like and very look, dedicated. He, he might be hot headed and difficult and be actory, uh, but also like other reports have him being like a good all around bloke. You know, yeah. he's not Russell Crowe. Yeah, he's not at that mo- point. Yeah, and he's from what we understand about the guy, he, he it's not like he's out there demanding a bigger trailer and crap like that. I mean, when he gets hot headed, I mean, his meltdown on the set was about he was trying to do his job and somebody kept distracting him. It was an actory moment. It wasn't yeah. a diva moment. It was yeah. like, he's it was, like I'm this trying is the to guy who who was who endangered his life losing mass amounts of weight for the mechanic to the yeah. point where you could see his spinal column through his front. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is a dedicated actor. Yeah. And so tweaking the lights <laughs> with this guy is probably not the best, you know, you know, so decision. like most of his, yeah. So I think people want to give him the, and, and, you know, like he was and great. He does seem he like he's lightened up grat- a lot too. Yeah. He was great and very grateful and full of uh, humility at the golden globes when he won. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, he definitely seems, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if a couple of years ago, um, if he would have been out there kind of like glad handing the way that he is, but he does seem like he's kind of cool with playing the game. And it, because it really is, uh, it is like a, a political campaign when you're 
when you're doing these Oscar things, they have all these events, and you basically you go and you backslap Academy members and yeah. all that. Like they, Mara and I were at one a few weeks ago for Social Network. Now, ostensibly, it was for the Blu-ray release of it, but in reality, it was all like Academy members and press, and it was like, please don't forget us. Come but they're all Oscar being time. released. Like next week, doesn't King's Speech come out? And like it's all like things. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah then they're all be able. Yeah, the fighter is coming out in March, and yeah, it, it's um. But, you know, I do think it's kind of – it's just funny to see Christian Bale uh, learn those lessons of, of uh, Oscar politics uh, far quicker than Sean Penn did, who's now been rewarded with two Oscars, and he's shown up at the ceremonies a few times. So it's like, you know, I think he realizes, uh, I actually do like being an actor, and I kind of yeah, don't want to yeah. get shit-canned. Um, but, uh, you know, what do you think if, if social network – and King's speech somehow seem to cancel each other out in terms of grabbing votes. Do you think Inception or, say, Toy Story 3 or True oh, Grit man, could I just, I just don't think they'll cancel each other out at all. I mean, yeah. personally, my pick is Inception because I thought it was a tremendous movie. Yeah, and I and and um, a few years back, one of the best movies I'd ever seen, like I knew, I walked out of it immediately and I was blown away. And it got it's gotten generally positive reviews was The Prestige, which I absolutely love. And Nolan's films are so... See, I thought you were going to say that Karate Dog movie, whatever no. it was that had John uh, Karate Boyd. Dog, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, Gooby, actually. It was Gooby. <laughs> no, um, Nolan's, most of his critics, when they, when they do critique him, talk about like his coldness. Yeah. And, like, I just didn't care. You know, very beautiful, very interesting films, but I didn't get sucked in. Um, they said that about Fincher, though, too. Or Kubrick. You know, yeah. he's, the, he's probably the biggest one where it's like you are an outsider looking in, and yeah. you will not get emotionally invested in anything here, but it's all grand and interesting. And, See, you I know, feel like Nolan cerebral. does a better job, though. Of, of He at least keeps it character-based enough that it, you can choose to invest in these guys, or you can just kind of enjoy it on an aesthetic level. The thing is, for me personally, his film's get to me emotionally. Yeah, me too. Like, really emotionally. Like, uh, it started a little bit with, Memento, recently, it started a bit with Memento, yeah. and the way that he's incorporated the style of using flashbacks without having to cut, without dissolving or cut, he yeah. just cuts and you, know, yeah, you get no, it. None of that oily screen and, or, or any titles yeah. saying three years earlier or anything, you just get it, and like, and the fact that his movies are very, aside from, I would say, maybe Insomnia, which was uh, that adaptation of the Norwegian film, his movies are done, in people pull Dark Knight out for this uh, graphic novel style. He does quick scenes that say a lot, like Prestige is the same way. Yeah. Quick scenes that get the story across and the emotion across. That's very hard to do if you're not going to stay in a, in a room for more than a minute or so. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and... The Prestige and his and his films usually center on obsessive men yeah. who are obsessed with something to the point where they they can't think of anything else and they've driven people away yeah. because of their you know what I mean yeah, or they've yeah. exiled themselves or you know yeah uh, they've kind of uh, dug their own grave if you will but anyway Inception really gets to me emotionally especially the parts at the end when the two quick shots when he's talking to um, when Cobb is talking to his uh, his dream wife. Who is now dead? And they said, and he said, we did have a lifetime together, and we did spend this time. And it cuts to the shots we'd seen previously of them being young in limbo, but now it's actually in reality. We're seeing for them for who they were: yeah. the old couple holding hands, walking, and then yeah. just the shot of the two old hands on the train, the shaking train tracks. Yeah. It's like that's all you saw was the hands. Yeah, that quick shot, yeah. and you got everything right. that you needed. So, I mean, that would be my pick, but I don't see anything beating. The King Speech or Social Network. Yeah, yeah. It's probably I, I, at this point. I think it's it's the King Speech to uh, to lose uh, Best Director. I don't know. I, I, you know, Tom Hooper won uh, the DGA Award, uh, but David Fincher had been winning everything else. Could we have another kind of like uh, Braveheart, um, Apollo thirteen kind of year? Where uh, I mean, Apollo. It was Apollo 13, right? Yeah, I yeah. almost want to say Apollo it's 11. Eight, it's not 18. It's 13. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, could it be one of those things where somebody wins the DGA, but the other guy wins the Oscar? I yeah, mean, do you think that's only Fincher's going to win? Rarely. Yeah. Do you think, though, that, uh, I mean, Tom Hooper seems to be... Look, actors I'm say like that, Fincher, but he's also the guy that makes them do 100 takes. The, like, the, they're a huge yeah, voting yeah, yeah. block. So yeah. I wonder, what do you think? I mean... The even money is on Fincher. Yeah. But, yeah, Hooper, totally. I'm just... 
excited that the Coens, who I always like, um, I'm just excited that like the fact that Aronofsky, Russell, and Fincher are part of our five guys who were nominated for Best Director. Right. Like, coming from 10 years ago, like, they were the groundbreaking directors, you know? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they no longer have to explain the, yeah, I came from music videos or commercials. No, I know, yeah, Like, exactly. we're, we're, we're at the point now where, yeah, like you're Russell, a legitimate artist. Russell is, you know, people have now forgiven his tantrums, you know, like, yeah. and, uh, and his poor set behavior and, and so on, but, like, you know, coming from where he came with, with like, Spanking the Monkey and stuff like that to, like, Everyone, grow, it's a thrill watching people grow into different types of filmmakers, like yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who did Boogie Nights a couple times before right. he branched out and right. did other things, right. you know? Yeah. No, it's a, good, it's a good observation. Now, best actor, uh, I guess we're, we're thinking we're pretty much all in agreement is Colin Firth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jesse Eisenberg, maybe, but uh, Bridges was great, but he just won. Javier Bardem, I think he only got that because, you know, I mean, he's got an Oscar already, too. Uh, Franco, I mean, he's hosting. Maybe he'll just read whatever name he wants to. (laughs) (laughs) I think think just Franco's uh, art experiment that is James Franco is enough for, like, it's a reward into itself. Exactly. And, And the fact that he said that he doesn't care about awards and the fact that, just the the notability or notoriety of being uh, nominated and being the host. I think those are all like enough. Yeah. Now the best actress race is so many people thought, oh, it's Natalie Portman, but there does seem to be a kind of very um, growing contingent out there that think it's Annette Bening's time that she should get it. That she's been nominated before and she's well liked. Um, what do you think? Do you think she actually stands a chance to, I think to bump that, Natalie I don't Portman think that out? It, I think Natalie Portman's definitely the front runner, but I don't think it's a lock. I yeah. think that other, someone else could definitely take that. I think that would be interesting if she did actually get it. Now the, on She's the, the hottest, though. As far Natalie as, Portman? Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> now, on the Best Supporting Actress side, everybody seems to think Melissa Leo will probably get it for the fighter, but Haley Steinfeld from True Grit, I mean... She'd be probably be what one of the youngest Oscar winners, not the youngest, because that was still uh, Anna Paquin and uh, Tatum O'Neill were pretty young. Too. I think you also have to look like are the people splitting their votes to honor movies they liked in certain ways. Yeah, I mean, like it, if they want to honor True Grit for something, mm-hmm. you know, The Fighter, they may, maybe they've already honored it with Bale. Christian Bale, yeah. Right. So maybe they're gonna go with Steinfeld for. Yeah, regret, you know. I mean, I think that's very po- – and you know what? She's She'd earned the award. She's fantastic in the movie. And, you know, I, I, I don't think it's above the Academy to do something as political as give one to this but one. But think about voters, one. too. Like, I we've voted for stuff, the, the two yeah. of us. We've done that. And you yeah. think, like, look, I want to recognize this person for this, but oh, this movie for this. But I also want to recognize this movie in some way, too. And you kind of it's move the, the consolation pie- Well, you kind of move yeah. the pieces around so that things that you really like get yeah. recognized. I mean, I, I do think that it's uh, it's interesting if, um, you know, if uh, if they do do that and they split their votes in such a way, I, I, I wonder which movie could end up being maybe left out in the cold, you know, which one might not get anything at all. For example, uh, 127 Hours. I mean, that seems like exactly the kind of movie that could walk away maybe empty-handed. What, what else do you think? I think there are a couple movies that, you know, forget about movies that didn't get nominated, but the ones that did get nominated, like 127 Hours, Winter's Bone, um, Blue Valentine, Rabbit Hole, like things like that I think are going to kind of walk away empty-handed. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think that... Um, you know, uh, maybe even Animal Kingdom, I mean, maybe Jackie Weaver could get it, but she's a real long shot in the Best Supporting Actor category. Um, as far as the other big categories, I'm pretty sure, like, Inception, it's up for Best Original Screenplay. It'll probably get that. It'll be either that or... Actually, no. I don't think it'll get it because it's up against King's Speech. I think the King's Speech... King's Speech will, will beat Inception. You know what? I think Inception, it's very possible that could be one of those ones that walks away completely empty-handed in the in the more kind of uh, uh, creative... Well, I don't want to... Because it sounds disparaging to the visual effects people, but, you know, the more above-the-line categories, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's interesting because people might even say that the st- it's st- strongest chance of winning might be for visual effects, but considering the fact that it's interesting because it's not to say there aren't visual effects. Look, the, like the hallway fight where they rotated it—that is yeah. a visual effect. Yet, yeah. 
It's what the folding city, what, I think, what is what we've people come, think what, of. What yeah. we've come to know as like visual effects now yeah. expressly involve computers. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so funny how that did not used to be the case at all. Yeah. But now it is. And as a, as a movie and looking at the other movies in the visual effects category, Inception used the least amount of visual effects. Yeah, like Tron didn't even get nominated. That didn't get nominated. But if you look at like Alice in Wonderland or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, uh, and Nolan uh, talked extensively about how like they tried to do as much in Inception on set and as real as possible and use as little that's effect his, shots as possible. That's his thing, too. Like he, 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 even though you look at Dark Knight, you think, oh, it's so realistic. Well, I mean, the Two-Face character is completely you yeah, know, yeah. CG-created in that It's sense. like a little makeup, but then enhanced with Yeah, all CG. the dots yeah, and all yeah. that stuff, yeah. Um, I think uh, something like Beautiful, the Javier Bardem movie, that'll probably win Best Foreign Language Film. Although In a Better World seems to be, you know, kind of a front runner there too. I think, you know, there's only three movies nominated for Best Animated Feature, How to Train Your Dragon, Illusionist, and Toy Story 3. Now, everybody seems that it's a given that Toy Story 3 could win, but there's been a lot of love being shown for, for, no, for How to Train Your Dragon. That would be, look, I, I mean, loved How to Train Your Dragon. Do you think that there could be kind of an upset there? I don't think so. As much as I loved How to Train Your Dragon, I don't. I can't see Toy Story 3 not getting... The Pixar machine will win out yet again? I mean, the fact that it was nominated for Best Picture is huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? In itself. But, but could, it, could it lose votes? Because maybe maybe there are some people that are voting for it for Best like Picture. Like split. Yeah, yeah, like something like that, where they're like, well, I'll vote for it for Best Picture because I really like that Dragon movie, or The Illusionist. You know, could it, could it be... I think... Could it be I hurt? do think just box office-wise, more people saw Toy Story 3, too. Yeah. You know, not everyone... Like, Toy Story 3 probably got more voters in... Like going to see it just without kids, then How to yeah. Train Your Dragon. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, true, true. How to Train Your Dragon, I had the fortune of seeing because I took my kids to it. Toy Story 3, I would have seen by myself. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, adapted screenplay, I think it's pretty much a given that Social Network will win that because it's Aaron Sorkin and actors love Aaron Sorkin. And it's got like those quotes and like, you know, yeah. that you could put on t shirts and memes <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the big categories. I think uh, you know, Wolfman seems to be the only real game in town for for makeup. To think that Wolfman <laughs> will win an Oscar, but 127 hours probably Wolf, won't. I did not see Wolfman. It's on cable now. It's I pretty, know, I know. It's My mother-in-law was watching it the other day. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's pretty awful. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's not. It. Yeah, maybe awful is overstated. It's okay in that sort of late night cable kind of way of sitting on the couch trying to fall but asleep. But it doesn't deserve the, the cast it has. It doesn't deserve, you know what I mean? and it like, certainly it, it doesn't, doesn't deserve to win an Oscar. Even though you know Rick Baker did the makeup for it, but he has done better Wolfman makeup than what was in that movie. And I just feel like, you know, it's just it's just weird to think that the Wolfman will get an Oscar. It's like when you know Three Six Mafia got an Oscar, but Scorsese hadn't yet, <laughs> you know, or any anything, you know, that <laughs> Marissa to me at that point in her career had had an Oscar, and you know. You know, some of the great actors. Street, have... but only had five. Exactly. The, the um, gall. You know, um, <laughs> the it's balls also funny. It's Street. also funny because um, looking at someone like Benicio del Toro, you wouldn't think you'd need that much makeup to do the full transition into he's, werewolf. He's a but... hersuit man. <laughs> yeah. you know? He is. He, I've met the guy, and he's. Uh, he seems like he could be just he's, a werewolf with just wily. fake teeth. He's yeah. wily. Yeah. All you need to do is put. He's in those, a big dude too. He's contacts. like six three. Well. I'm thinking specifically of the strange Native American homeless psycho character that he played very briefly in that Sean Penn directed movie, The Pledge, with Jack Nicholson. Oh, geez, yeah. And he was just like this, like, he was a werewolf in that movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like a drunken Indian. <laughs> Jeez. And, but he was the scapegoat for the murder right at the beginning. Oh, that's right. You know what? Yeah, I did see. Mo- isn't David Morse in that too, right? Uh he, the pl- look, probably it's totally is that the one with Jack uh, Nicholson or is yeah because that... uh, David Morris is like I, I guess Sean Penn hasn't directed that many movies but he's like a Sean Penn player because he was an Indian runner that's true that's true um, yeah. but uh, the pledge was uh, Robin Wright Penn and it was uh, based on a German movie oh wait yeah no you know what no I, I'm getting it mixed up with uh, the Crossing Guard Crossing Guard there we yeah, go yeah yeah uh, the pledge was Jack Nicholson. Um, obsessed with finding out who killed this little girl and was obsessed at w- and was promised the mother that he'd find out who it was and he was not convinced that it was essentially you find out at the beginning the the cops think it's Benicio del Toro's character but it's not yeah so he becomes really obsessive with finding this killer and uh actually sort of 
moves latches on to Robin Wright Penn and her daughter in order that he could use the daughter as bait to bring out who he thinks is the real killer. So, you know, an so asshole. He, yeah, he's, a, he's an <laughs> asshole, in the movie, like pretty much. All right, well, let's. Uh, we're going to start wrapping it up here. Uh, opening this uh, this weekend, Hall Pass and Drive Angry 3D. I'm thinking Hall Pass will probably be number one. Yeah. Maybe, but I think it'll still be another one of those piss poor box office weekends. I'm I thinking like I, only because I don't see people going to see Drive Angry. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll do as poorly as some people think. I'm thinking Hall Pass number one with about twenty two million, and maybe Drive Angry third or fourth with about uh, I'll say about twelve to fourteen million. The typical Nicolas Cage opening these days. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, I don't think it'll the, do, what did season of the Witch make when it happened? opened it like number two, but it was a very anemic. But it was box still like fifteen week. or something. Yeah, you know, he's not quite at that Jason Statham level of like these things aren't doing any real. Um, I think. Although the mechanic, the mechanic made its money back oddly enough, even though it never cracked. I yeah, think movies, the top movies can do that sure. too. Yeah. Um, you know, what, you know what movie I like What's is that? um. Stuck on you, stuck with you. Oh yeah, yeah, the one with uh, Matt Damon it's and because Hall Pass is Fairly Brothers. Yeah, and um, they're so, probably their most mature movie to date, I would say. Look, and one of the things I thought actually thought was kind of funny about um, Stuck on You was that the twin Siamese twin gags for the most part didn't work, but the actual <laughs> heartfelt stuff kind of did. Yeah, and it actually ends with Greg Kinnear and Meryl Streep performing a. Uh, sort of a, a, a local theater production musical of Bonnie and Clyde, and it's it, it, like that's how the movie ends. And it's like this. I thought it was a great ending to the movie because it's so random and like because yeah. uh, you know Matt Damon's character doesn't he just wants to flip burgers, but Greg Kinnear's character and they're connected wants to be an actor. You know, like that's <laughs> the dream, and that's the joke and the fact that they don't. And always with these these movies, the joke is that the people don't think they're strange at all. Yeah, you yeah. know, they think they're perfectly normal. You know, yeah. Well, I think Hall Pass uh, and the critics are tearing apart, but I thought it was—I thought it was funny enough. I mean, it's got some great uh, gross-out moments, but you know, it's—it's it's got a little bit of heart to it too. Drive Angry 3D is just dumb if you want to go out with your buddies and get drunk. And he plays a grandpa in the movie, by the way. Just exactly. So you know, because the commercials are lying to us. If you've seen the TV and you've seen the commercials, he says they kidnapped my daughter, and he, it's not his daughter; it's his granddaughter. It's and they bullshit. edited that. They it's edited his that granddaughter. The all right, folks. Well, I think that'll about do it for this edition of Keeping It Real. Check us out on uh, iTunes and give us some props over there. And, uh, you know, write in and let us know what you think is going to do, uh, uh, you know, well at the box office this weekend, as well as at the Oscars. And on Twitter, that's Stacks IGN and Fowler underscore IGN. Yes, please do check us out. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you all later. Have a good weekend. <laughs>